Welcome to another episode of the Darren Sargent Show, where you get life advice from a single-handed perspective. I'm your host, Darren Sargent. Today, we're going to talk about serving our generation. Sit back, stay tuned, let's dive in. There is an interesting scripture in the Word of God that tells me, and David served his generation. One man made a decision to rise up and serve his generation. What what does that mean? How does that look in today's world? How does that apply to you and to me? How do we serve our generation? There's an interesting story that happened in World War II that I think needs to be addressed as we begin our episode together today. In fact, it was at the height of World War II. It was a very critical moment. In fact, it was a major turning point in an already brutal conflict. Germany's massive war machine was setting its sights on the United Kingdom and under the direction of their air commander, they intended to totally annihilate or at least bring Britain to a place of surrender. What they were not counting on, however, was Britain's Royal Air Force. Under the direction of Air Chief Marshal Hugh Dowding, the Royal Air Force, at first appearances, did not seem as equipped or trained as did Germany's Air Force. In fact, Germany's commander stated this and believed that the Royal Air Force could be swept from the skies in just four short days. Now, what is interesting to me was that the Royal Air Force consisted of young, ragtag, ill-equipped pilots who didn't seem to have a whole lot to offer. But even though they were fewer in number, even though they had inferior training, even though they lacked the level of planes that Germany's pilots employed, the Royal Air Force held back Germany's attack. And in only a few months' time during the summer of 1940, they turned the tide of the war in what has been known as the Battle of Britain. And while the battle raged and as Hitler sent his air command to destroy Britain, Winston Churchill, the Prime Minister of Britain, in his address to the House of Commons during this fighting, said this, and it's so powerful, never in the field of human conflict was so much owed by so many to so few. What Hitler was not expecting and more than likely could not have known was the passion the commitment that these few ragtag, young, undertrained Royal Air Force pilots possessed as they pushed back the onslaught of a much superior air command. It was a major victory for Great Britain. It was a major turning point in World War II. Now, here's where I'm going today. It's always been, and it will always be, throughout history and Scripture, that God has never required a majority to accomplish His purposes. When we look at the writings of the Apostle Paul, he does his best to expound upon this thought when he starts a discourse concerning the weakness of man versus the power of God. And what we discover by looking at his writings that is that God chooses the foolish things of this world to confound the mighty. He chooses the base things, the common things, things that are overlooked and despised to bring about his purposes upon this planet. And we can notice that Paul uses the cross of Jesus to prove this point. He says to the Jews it was a stumbling block, 
To the Greeks, it was nothing but foolishness. But to those that are called, it's Christ crucified, the power of God and the wisdom of God. So what is Paul doing? Paul is proving the guarantee of God that we don't always understand or comprehend. We just have to surrender to God's sovereignty and realize his ways are above ours and his thoughts are above our thoughts. If you spend any time at all in God's word, you'll discover significant moments in history with ordinary people who stood up against seemingly insurmountable odds and overcame because they chose to stand in the gap and be the man God needed, the woman God needed, the individual God needed during their generation. They served their generation. If you look at Hebrews 11, it invites you to kind of walk through the hallways of the faithful as you encounter one person after another that rose to the challenge of their generation and brought about needed victory in spite of what others were doing around them or what the climate of their world appeared to be or how dark the night was. God has always been comfortable pulling from the canvas of the common, those insignificant, insufficient, unqualified men and women to make a difference in the world. God's never needed a majority to get his job done. He's never required the mighty or even the brave or the elite to bring about his purposes upon this planet. Our creator is totally content with the common. When you look at David, he starts out as an insignificant shepherd boy, overlooked by his dad, overlooked by his brothers. But when David is plucked from the field of tending his father's sheep and placed in front of a national spotlight to face off against a giant, all of a sudden an entire nation is looking to him. They were waiting with bated breath for somebody, somewhere, who would rise up and lead them to great, greatness. And from the moment that Goliath fell till David took his final dying breaths of air, we see a man who the Bible says served his generation. He restored a nation. In fact, it is said that under the leadership of David that the territory of Israel, what they controlled, expanded some 10 times more than when he started. He placed Zion on the map. He restored national pride. He put honor back into the hearts of ordinary people of Israel. Israel was unrivaled by any nation in the world. It was amazing under David's leadership. So how was David able to take the common run-of-the-mill Israelite and turn them into ambassadors of the Almighty? Let me tell you how. David decided, while I'm here, while it's on my watch, while it's my time, while I am breathing, I'm going to serve my generation. I could go on and on and talk about the mighty men of David. They didn't come to him mighty. They came to him in debt, discontented, and distressed. Men like Shammah, men like Eleazar, men like Benaiah, who we probably need to talk about in a future episode. They were common men. They just seemed to rise out of the murky waters of ancient history. Scripture is full of them, men and women who had no pedigree, no royal lineage. They didn't even have any societal advantage. They come from the other side of the track, so to speak. They were just your everyday, ordinary, run-of-the-mill people that most individuals would overlook because they were so common. In a world that chooses the mighty, the talented, the strong, the brave, each of these figures of faith would be passed over today because they didn't look like they had a whole lot to offer. But when you examine them through the lens of God's kingdom, they possess more than the eye can see because God's measurements seem to be slightly different than that of man's. 
As I survey the landscape of today's society and culture, it's easy to see that we're living in an hour where we are facing a generation that is desperately in need of direction. When I see what's going on in our world right now, and I look at the word of God, Peter's words ring even louder and clearer when he said that we are face-to-face with an untoward generation. That literally means a directionless generation. I believe with everything that's within me, we are living in the generation upon upon whom the ends of the world have come. Yes, it's an hour of intense pressure. Yes, never has there been a time like this. Yes, it is troublesome and frustrating. Yet in the middle of everything we see and everything that we are encountering, I wholeheartedly believe that God is calling men and women, students, young adults, young marrieds, moms, dads, grandparents, all of us to rise up in the twilight and navigate our way through these treacherous landmines that are being presented to us in this challenging day and age. I've had the privilege over the last close to 30 years speaking to students, adults across the world, and I'm thankful. I don't take that honor lightly. But I've realized something in my life now at the age of, okay, 51. I would rather serve than sit. I was born with a gift that has enabled me to speak into the lives of others. I am eternally grateful for that. I'm not just doing a podcast just to get my voice heard. Say, hey, you got a podcast. I want to make a difference. I've mentioned before in past episodes, and I'll say it again because it's a simple statement that has affected my entire life. You will never make an impact until you are committed to the collision. If you truly want to make an impact in this world, if you truly want to serve your generation, you have to be committed to facing the challenge head on. I cringe when people are rolling over because they don't want to deal with the issues inside of them. Vladimir Lenin, the founder and the guiding guru of the Soviet Republic, said this, you cannot make a revolution in white gloves. If you are unwilling to invest your life in things that will outlive you, unwilling to lay down your life and surrender and submission to the purposes of God, you will quickly discover yourself more and more enamored with this world and what it has to offer and less and less concerned about doing what God is asking of you in this generation. Hear me. You have got to rise up. You have got to say, you know what? I'm going to make a difference in this world. It will cost you to make a difference. You're going to have some stains on the shirt sleeves of your service. But that is the way it's always been. It's the way it will always be. There is no getting around it or under it or over it. The cost of serving your generation may be one of the highest prices you will ever pay, but it remains the greatest reward you will ever receive. Oh, I wish I had time to talk about all the mighty men of David. And maybe we'll take an episode and just talk about them and break their lives down because there is so much there. But each of them made a commitment, as did David, to serve their generation. Can I just talk to you for a moment in the closing moments of this episode and remind you that you are not here by accident, that you are not here just to pass time, just to get a good education, just to get a good paying job. You're here to make a difference. You're here to serve your generation. 
I know you can do it because God has put the ability inside of you. Quit rolling over to all the issues and start standing up and do what God's calling you to do in this world. Serve your generation. Thank you for listening. I want you to have an awesome day. Remember, you have what it takes. Don't give up. Get out there and make a difference in your world. If you'd like to know more about me, not mo about me, more about me, you can go to darrensargent.com. There you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, some of the other places that I am socially mediated. Let's see, I'm making up words. Present. Have an awesome day.